Over the last 20 years or so, social media has come a long way. As our projectors have come a long way, the stuff that we use in, in service has come a long way as well to, to help us to better improve our, our experience, so to say. You know, but for some people, social media has become a primary form of long-distance communication. We use it to talk to people that we know that live in other states or, um, or in the same state of Texas because, you know, it's a long ways down south, so it makes it easy to, to keep up with them. I remember when MySpace became popular. Um, you know, it was, a, it was something new to me, and I, I didn't like it. I didn't want to do it because I didn't understand it. Uh, but then I, I realized that it was a good way to uh, to connect with old friends. So I joined and, you know, enjoyed that. Actually, I believe that was before Cress and I were actually dating, but we kept up with each other on MySpace whenever I went back to Corpus. Then Facebook came along. It was the same thing. I was a little hesitant to, to use it because I didn't understand it. Uh, I thought, you know, I'll just stick with my MySpace. That'll be fine. Then Cressa showed me how much better it was than MySpace, so I thought, okay, I'll join. And I reconnected or have reconnected with a bunch of old friends that I had from the different states that I've lived in since I was a kid. Uh, I've, it's been great to keep up with them and, um, and get to know, you know, get to see them grow up, get to see their families and things. But then you fast forward about 15 years later since Facebook uh, came out, and now we have Twitter and, and LinkedIn and Google+, YouTube, Pinterest, Reddit, Tumblr, Instagram, Flickr, TikTok. The list goes on and on and on. Not to mention all the forums they have out there of, you know, whatever your interest is. You know, I, uh, gosh, it's been probably... 10 years or longer ago, well, I know it has, bought a four-wheeler in 2005, and Poppy had a four-wheeler, Everett, Brandon, and, and Garland, and Monty, and we all had four-wheelers, we raced, and we always wanted to be the fastest. I got on a forum to learn how to soup my four-wheeler up. I mean, that was my interest. That's what I did. Um, and probably if I hadn't had the back, back problems that I've had, I probably would still be doing it, but I'm not. But those things, it's the same thing as social media because you can get on there and you can say whatever you want to anyone you want, wherever they're at. It's the same concept. So we, we get our news and our, our political takes, our short videos, one ads, classif classifieds, and just general entertainment all from social media. It dominates the way that we connect with the rest of the world. We have... All of the information that we could ever need right at our fingertips. I mean, yeah, right here, right there. I got everything that I could ever want to know right here. Get on there, get on Facebook, I get on the Internet. I mean, whatever I want to do. It's all pretty much right there at my fingertips. Um, like I said, we could Google it, get on social media, whatever we want to find out. We can do that, and that it's great, but it also raises a problem, a big problem. How do we properly and safely use the web or social media? That question's been a vital issue since its birth, and as you can tell, that's what we're talking about. 
navigating social media. Um, now that social media has been around for a while, a wise use of social media is a serious concern. How should Christians approach it? Applying the Bible to modern life is easier than you might think, and the wisdom it contains never changes no matter how much society does. Considering that the newest passages of the Bible are nearly 2,000 years old, one might raise the question, you know, what could it possibly have to contribute to modern society today? How can the Bible guide us in the use of social media? Can the Bible say anything relevant about our online communication? And I think it does. Obviously, it can. Uh, the, not only can the Bible still give us guidance, heeding its instruction is arguably more important now than ever. You think about what social media is capable of. We're so networked together that nearly everything we post or comment on can be seen by anyone. Even if you set your settings for private to where it's just you and your friends, if one of your friends decides to take a snapshot of it and share it, and then someone else shares it, and before you know it, thousands of people have seen what you posted. The choices we make on social media are amplified and distributed not only faster than ever, we, than ever before, but also with far more impact. Because of our ability to reach so many more people quicker than we ever have, heeding the Bible's instruction on communication and interpersonal relationships has become crucial. So what we're going to talk, or what we're going to do this afternoon is look at, at five type of people that you're likely to encounter on the internet or social media. I've got them all listed right here. The fool, the teacher, the busybody, the telebearer, and the wise. If you spend very much time on social media, it won't take very long for you to run into at least four of these. I'm sure you could guess which four they are. So we'll start with the fool. Um, mainly because the fool probably represents the, the broader category. In fact, most humans fit into this category in one way or the other. That being said, fools are found along a spectrum of foolish behavior. The Bible uses the word fool to denote someone who lacks wisdom or judgment, but does so with respect to moral rather than intellectual deficiencies. The fool, as the New Unger's Bible Dictionary says, is not so much one lacking in mental powers as one who misuses them, one who is rash, senseless, and unreasonable. When we let our emotions start to control us, we start using foolish behavior. If we comment on posts that would be, that would be best if we ignored or even comment on worthy posts in a manner that we know is argumentative, we begin to take on characteristics of the fool. In other words, we act foolish. I'm sure anybody that's had Facebook or any other type of social media has done something foolish at some point in time. Out of emotion. How do you know if you've encountered the fool online? Proverbs chapter 10, verse 8 through 10. I'm using the New King James Version. Um, just because it's a little easier to understand, especially in Proverbs. Uh, chapter 10, verse 8 through 10. The wise in heart will receive commands, but a prating fool will fall. He who walks with integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his ways will become known. He who winks with the eye causes trouble, but a prating fool will fall. 
So this makes it pretty clear that a prating fool will fall. To prate is to talk foolishly and at length about something which, which may remind you of the common internet troll. We've all had that as well, where somebody basically is there just to cause trouble. Just they're, they're trolling around to see what you have to say, just to go in and put a comment to upset you and, and get you fired up. As the Merriam-Webster defines it, troll is slang for a person who intentionally antagonizes others online by posting inflammatory, irrelevant, or offensive comments or other disruptive content. While some fools fall into the troll category, Proverbs points out that many foolish individuals are simply bitter and resentful. Proverbs 12, verse 16. A fool's wrath is known at once, but a prudent man covers shame. How many times have you read a post of some top, scrolled down to the comments out of curiosity, and found that two comments in, someone was breathing fire over some slight or perceived injustice? It happens all the time. These people make their anger known immediately. Proverbs 14, verse 16. A wise man fears and departs from evil, but a fool rages and is self-confident. Again, the fool can be found in any forum thread or comment section where the conversation quickly becomes hurtful and starts to demoralize a person or group of people. The wise are counseled to, to depart from this type of conversation. When we use social media, one of the, the questions we should ask is, who am I associating myself with? Are they fools or are they foolish? Is it wise to associate myself with them? Proverbs 13, verse 20 says, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Note that he says those who are companions of the fools will be destroyed or, or suffer harm. While sometimes we do need to correct some foolish behavior that's been said, especially when vulnerable people are being influenced by foolish talk, it's often wiser to steer clear of this type of engagement. Proverbs 1, verse 7 the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. In Proverbs 23, verse 9, Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. So both of these verses point out that the fool despises wisdom and wants to wallow in foolishness. A fool will not be convinced by a rational or wise rebuke. He'll just entrench himself further into his foolish outlook. How many times you run into that? You get on there and you try to, in a nice way, correct someone because they don't have their facts straight. And they're quick just to come right back at you. They don't care what the truth is. They just have their opinion on it, and that, that's all that matters to them. The Bible warns that correcting the fool usually results in a larger argument. Proverbs 20, verse 3 it is honorable for a man to stop striving, since any fool can start a quarrel. If a wise, and then Proverbs 29 and 9, if a wise man contends with a foolish man, whether the fool rages or laughs, there is no peace. And then 29, verse 11, a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. These verses show that any fool can start a quarrel, whether the fool rages or laughs, there is no peace. And a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. 
This is in part because the fool doesn't give much thought to what's right and true. They just don't care. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 through 16. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. A fool's wrath is known at once, but a prudent man covers shame. A fool is only concerned with his own opinion and and expressing his own heart because in his eyes, he's always right. And that seems to stand true. If you look at those things, read comments about stuff, that person thinks that they're always right, no matter what you say. And second, we're going to talk about the teacher. With the reach of social media, it's never been easier to shower our knowledge upon others. But should we? Should we do that? James chapter 3, verse 1 says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. And I understand this, this primarily, I mean, it primarily emphasizes that teachers in, in the church, having been given the important task of conveying doctrine, are therefore subject to closer scrutiny. I, I understand that. But I think that we could use this verse as an example of, of God, of uh, also caution people against hastily acting as experts on anything. Like, you know, take, for example, health, diet, vaccines, homeschooling, personal personality types, or any other subject in which we consider ourselves knowledgeable. I'm not saying it's wrong to discuss these matters as long as it's a healthy discussion. What I'm saying is be careful with what or how you post or reply to someone on social media or even in person. You're going to be held to a higher standard. If I give some random person advice on how to fix a gas leak in their house, and then the next day the house burns down, they're going to be pretty mad at me, aren't they? They're not going to be happy. They're going to blame it on me. James goes on to issue a stern warning about the dangers of the tongue. We see that in uh, chapter 3, verses 5 through 10. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our God and Father... And with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. This is very corrective language. But again, it provides, for, it, it provides guidance for our interpersonal relationships. When we take on the role of the teacher, even if we have the best intentions we can potentially cause a great inferno of passionately held convictions and have devastating effects both online and offline. And what we post on social media can spread even faster than a wildfire. Words unfitly spoken can cause catastrophic spiritual damage, whether they're spoken to one person, a crowd of people, or a massive social media landscape. Next, we have the busybody. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 15 says, But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, 
or as a busybody in other people's matters. You ever wonder why a busybody is added to that list? I mean, someone who's seemingly as mild as a, a busybody is listed among murderers, thieves, and evildoers. How did the busybody end up in that list? It just, when you think about it, I guess when you don't really think about it, you just read it, you think, well, that's kind of odd that a busybody would be in that list. There are three different words uh, three different words are translated busybody in the New Testament, and each adds to the overall picture of this type of person. Fundamentally, to be a busybody means to meddle. But one could also add to judge others rather than the self and to go beyond proper boundaries. I guess I went too fast. Um, addressing... Timothy, Paul was rather plain spoken about this in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 13. And besides, they learned to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies saying things which they ought not. The busybody is presumptuous. They don't respect proper boundaries, and they have knowingly or unknowingly set themselves up as a judge over the lives of others. Many friendships and family relationships have ended through social media because of this character. The danger of becoming the busybody should not be taken lightly. There's a lot of harm that comes from this type of person. The busybody's place among murderers, thieves, and evildoers should help us to understand the magnitude of their destructive behavior. Busybody is added to that list for a reason. Like I said, when you just kind of look at it, you don't think, well, why? I mean, you don't think he should be there. But there is a reason why a busybody is listed among those people. Then we have the talebearer. Leviticus chapter 9, verse 16 actually talks about a talebearer. You shall not go about as a talebearer among your people, nor shall you take a stand against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You know, thanks to social media, the ability to go about has never been easier. A study into the Hebrew word, Rakil, translated telebearer, paints an ugly picture of someone intent on gathering slanderous information about others. The word denotes one who is a slanderer, an informer, a scandal monger traveling about. Rakil is derived from a primitive Hebrew root that describes someone traveling for trade. It's someone who travels about as if he were on a trade route, looking for scandals and slanderous information he can use to his benefit against other people. The tell-bearer tell looks to swap dirt with anyone who's willing, taking pleasure in gathering, revealing injurious, injurious or private information. This kind of behavior is also linked to the fool in, in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 18. It notes that whoever spreads slander is a fool. And like the presumptuous teacher, the talebearer is so devastating to a community that he is compared to a fire in Proverbs chapter 26, uh, verse 20. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. And where there, there, and where there is no talebearer, strife ceases. The wise. This is the last one because it's, uh, it's not one that you're going to see a whole lot. And even if 
only mainly because they're probably not going to post something because they're being wise about what they're what they're doing. So the the Bible provides us with instruction on how to deal with the fool, the teacher, the busybody, and the talebearer. Proverbs twenty verse nineteen: He who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets; therefore, do not associate with one who flatters with his lips. Proverbs 22, verses 24 through 25. Make no friendship with an angry man and with a furious man. Do not go, lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. Scripture shows us that oftentimes the best course of action is to simply remain silent. Remove yourselves from, or remove ourselves from contentious people or situations. In other words, if you can't use Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, whatever it may be, without being surrounded by contentious people who want to argue foolishly or even reveal secrets, the best course of action is just not to have social media. Don't get on those forums. Don't get on those platforms. If you can't keep from getting in arguments or posting harmful things, then just don't use social media, period. Just don't do it. And God, God's word reveals that in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 12 through 13. He who is devoid of wisdom despises his neighbor, but a man of understanding holds his peace. A talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is of a is of a faithful spirit conceals a matter. So the wise person is discreet. They understand that all people make mistakes. Concealing a matter doesn't mean engaging in a deceptive cover-up. It just means that when your neighbor stumbles, you don't go running around and making sure everybody knows about it, whether it's on social media or otherwise. And thankfully, Proverbs tells us a relatively simple way to conduct our, ourselves wisely. Simply don't say anything. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 28. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. And don't mis misunderstand what I'm saying. If there's a problem between you and someone else, you should talk to them about it face-to-face. -face. If not, at least call them, but don't do it on social media. That is not the way to go about it. The problem should be between you and them, not you, them, and the whole world. Advancements in our modern world can be difficult to, to, to keep up with, but our human nature doesn't change. No matter the platform, we can hurt with words and be hurt by them. We all say insensitive things, especially when we don't have all the facts, which, let's be honest, is often the case. We all want to be a part of a community, but the irony of social media is that research shows that those types of services are actually making us lonelier than ever before. Probably because we don't have that physical contact, that face-to-face -face communication. According to God, the world is filled with the foolish and they are busy getting their message out. If we spend a lot of time commenting and arguing online, it's very likely that we're wasting our time. If we are wise, we will restrain ourselves, practice discernment, and comment sparingly. Psalms chapter 14, verse 1, David says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt, they have done abominable works, there is none who does good. What's interesting about this scripture is that whether or not the fool is denying God's existence out loud, in his heart, 
He is, he is denying God's relevance to the physical world. And it's in his actions and behavior that such a denial demonstrates itself. The Apostle Paul quoted Psalms 14 in Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 18. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Paul quotes this because even a thousand years after the psalm was written, he still considered it relevant. And building on Psalms chapter 14, Paul ended this section of scripture by saying, there is no fear of God before their eyes. This isn't a matter of people saying God doesn't exist. Uh, they reason in their heads, well, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. And their reasoning is more of a sense that God doesn't care what I do. They have no fear of consequences from a divine being, so they think, well, I can get away with whatever behavior I desire. That's how they think. But in the end, the proverbial fool is simply one whose words and actions, online or offline, are not governed by God. We need to keep in mind that whether we're online or we're offline, we are governed by God. God's spiritual laws govern our lives and communities continue to be true and right, regardless of how much has changed about how we interact with one another. The Bible is still as relevant to our world as it has ever been. So let's be peacemakers. Hold our tongue, give people the benefit of the doubt, and avoid foolish behavior. Now, before we close, um, kind of while we're on the subject, I'll bring up a few things. You know, whenever we post stuff on social media, it, it can uh, or it becomes public record. Uh, there's been some debates and stuff online talking about this, uh, but it it's basically public record, and it can be used against you or for you in a court of law. And just because you delete something doesn't mean someone didn't take a snapshot of it before it got deleted. You can't take back what has been said or done. You know, I don't know, uh, oh, some, it's going to sound weird saying this, some of us older people, I don't feel like I'm that old, but back when I was in high school, uh, we had what was AOL, America Online, is what that standard for, if I remember correctly. It wasn't a whole lot different. Well, I guess it was quite a bit different than Facebook, but it was pretty simple. Basically, you instant messaged people, or you could talk back and forth with a friend that was 100 miles away, or they had chat rooms that had interest, you know, like people that had four-wheelers maybe. You know, if you get in a chat room, they just all kind of chat like a text. Um, even then, I had random people that would send me a chat. Somebody I didn't have any idea know who they were. And uh, 
I had a man send me a chat uh, to solicit me for sex. Even then, that was over 20 years ago. You think about how much social media has grown since then. And it's so much easier to do that than it, than it was even on AOL. I'm sure you get face, if you have Facebook, you get sent friend requests from somebody in, you know, Africa or Indonesia or whatever. They don't want to be your friend. As much as I'm talking to people my age and older, little ones, young men back there, my girls, Jenny's girls, Whenever you get old enough to where you can have social media, if your parents allow it, you get old enough to have a phone, people will send you friend requests that do not want to be your friend. They want you to click on a link to see things that you don't need to see. You will get text messages from people that you do not know. When these things happen, you tell your parents. You do what they ask you to do, which more than likely is going to be you block that person and you delete it. Do not open that link, whatever you do. It is nothing that you need to see. It's nothing that interests you. I promise you. Another story, when I was in high school, I was a junior in high school, I believe. A junior, junior, senior. It was, I was, I was a junior. I worked at a, uh, a quick lube and car wash, and it was a good job. You know, I got to be outside. I washed cars. They went through the little wash, and then you dried them off. You know, before they go in, you spray the bugs down, you scrub it, and you send it through, and then you go to the front and you wipe them down. This man came in one day, and uh, he had a he had a Cadillac. It wasn't, you know. Fancy, but it was a Cadillac. It was nice. And uh, one of my coworkers and I, we were drying down his car, and we got done, and he said, hey, how would you like to make some money this weekend? Okay, sure, What? but what? Well, I need to move. I'm helping this, my neighbor move. And we need some younger men to help move the, the big stuff. She's got it's a two story house, and I, we need help getting stuff from the second story. Okay, um, sure. What time? I want you to meet me at Packasack in Robstown at ten o'clock in the morning by yourself. How much? Hundred dollars. It'll just be a couple hours. Okay. Sounds like a good idea. The more I think about it, you want me to go alone. So, Saturday comes. My coworker that was with me went with me. We get to the pack of sack, 10 o'clock. His car's there. I roll down the window. He rolls down his window. He sees the coworker and he says, I thought I told you to come alone. I said, I'm not going anywhere by myself. And he just sped off. He was gone. Now, what do you think that he wanted? He didn't want me to go and move stuff and move furniture. That's not what he wanted from me. He wanted something else. 
You know what I did? I went home. I'd already told my parents about it. They knew where I was at. They knew everything that was going on. And you think that they didn't know where I was at. I mean, had an eye on me. I'm sure they did. But you just never know in whatever situation that you're in what somebody wants from you. Parents, you already know to watch your kids. Kids, your parents tell you things for a reason and don't give you very much information, a reason why you can't do something. It's because you don't need to know why. You just do what they ask you to do. They tell you not to to get away from you at Walmart, at Target, at the mall. You don't need an explanation. Just understand that they know what's best for you. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.